It's 10 o'clock. Leah's going to be pissed. She's going to take my head off. What's up? Uh, this is The Grip. G-R-I-P. I am your host. And I'm about to do the playlist shuffle. Don't do me dirty. Oh, Say what you mean. You ain't gotta play games with me. It's automatic. It's automatic. You know it's automatic. The bonfire. Say what you mean. You ain't gotta play shit with me. It's automatic. Yo, I'm on a roll. I haven't really had anything too embarrassing pop up here lately. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, this is the Grip Podcast. Search the Grip on any service you listen to, G-R-I-P, and we will show up. Just put out a brand new cover. I'll talk to Lee about that here shortly. You can uh, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube. Uh, this is episode 28. And uh, we're rolling on to 30. I'm personally kind of excited about that. Um, Follow, share the podcast with your friends and family so we can grow it and grow it and hopefully do more podcasts and do live shows in your city uh, or town or other places here in Dallas. (laughs) Uh, Get your Be Humane wristband. The Be Humane wristband is five dollars it's supposed to be a conversation starter you wear it and somebody sees you with an on and they go hey what's that you say hey glad you asked this is my be humane wristband and my be humane issue is wherever you want it to be doesn't have to be one thing can be anything can be ten things can be five things civil rights police brutality feminism global warming you name it if you don't know everything put your hands on my body let your kiss on this audience. Good song. Get a grip on life with the Grip Podcast. Safe place to learn and talk about sensitive issues like racism, feminism, white supremacy, intersectionality. Explore humanity with us. We're going to let this rock out. Then we're going to call Leah and get into the shits. And that was it. <laughs> Perfect timing. I said, just like <laughs> moves into D'Angelo. <laughs> I should go let that rock for a second while I text Leah and make sure she's ready. I want. I was about to start singing. <laughs> Just a second here. Appreciate your patience. Here we go. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? How are you doing? Are you good? All right. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm 
Just go along with what you had going on there. Girl, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> people listening, you're like, what That's the so fuck? <laughs> Who are these people? We're done. <laughs> we lose them within like three seconds. They're like, nope, not listening to this podcast. New. Thank you. I think I'm good. Don't, be that, don't do that. Don't be that way. How's it going? I'm good. You know, a friend of mine, uh, we were talking about somebody the other day, and we were like, you know, they're weird. And my friend was like, I'm not giving any specifics. And my friend was like, isn't everybody weird? <laughs> right? I made you think of that conversation. <laughs> I mean, if you were honest, like, everybody's got their own version of weird. Right, everybody's quirks weird. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, everybody's weird. I agree. Yeah. That reminds me of something I heard the other day that What'd was like, hear? that's so true. So it's They were saying, um, they were talking about othering, you know, when people are othered, seen yeah. as the other. Mm-hmm. And they were like, everybody's the other, <laughs> everybody's depending on the, the context. <laughs> right. I was like, that's, it's so true. Yeah. We go overseas somewhere or even to Canada or wherever, and we're all of a sudden, you know, we're others. So I was like, so true. Everybody's others. Anyways. Yeah. 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 So, Um, this is Yeah, so I got a... Oh, what do you got? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 mine isn't important. (laughs) Neither is mine, really, but (laughs) um, I got a text from one of my my friends, Unju, one of our faithful podcast listeners. Yeah. And um, she goes... Dim sum is like Chinese breakfast tapas. And I was like, true. She saw, like heard me struggling. Yeah. You know, last time to like figure out how to describe this for people who've never had it. I was like, that's a great description. I'll make sure I mention that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, just trying to help you out, Leah. Could tell you were having a having a tough time. But anyways. <laughs> just shout it, shout it her out. Awesome. We're actually going to yeah. do that here in a second. But before we do that, do you know what today is, Leah? Um, <laughs> April 14th. And what is happening today? Uh, I don't know. Should I know? I don't know if you would know. <laughs> I don't know if you should know. <laughs> now, I'm going to play something here on my phone, and I don't know Test if you'll me. be able to hear it. Okay. All right, hold on. I have not even tested this out, but we'll see if this works. Okay. Oh. Can you hear anything? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, absolutely nothing. Hold on. The listeners can, but I want you to hear it. If you're listening, you know what this is. There is an event happening this evening on television. Oh. There is a big show coming out today. Man. Little known show. It's got a little bit of a following. (laughs) Can you hear that? Oh, not very well. (laughs) Oh. It's like super (laughs) distant. Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh. I probably wouldn't even recognize anyone. Oh. oh, man. What a loser. You don't watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> no. Should I be? Running that back. Uh, Game of Thrones is only one of the best shows ever made. 
So pretty much, yes, so you should be watching it. it. It's on HBO. Um, I was a little late to the party. I came to Game of Thrones like like years after it was airing. My dad got me into it. And everybody, every single person that I've uh, shared the show with, it, it usually goes like this. Hey, there's a show you should watch. Game of Thrones is pretty awesome. We talk about it. And they're like, yeah, I check it out. And I see them the next day. And they're like, I'm on season three. <laughs> they haven't slept all night. They have bags under their eyes, but they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, sometimes it's like best if you get into it years later, because then you have like, you oh, know, yeah. all the you seasons. You just go. You can just binge. Yeah. Just completely binge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that I've ever done that before. <laughs> no, we all have. Um, let me shout out real quick. I was going to do this. The All the people so far that's been sharing the uh um, oh, the okay, podcast yeah. uh cuz that's that was that's exciting and f- help me with some of these names if <laughs> i mispronounce anybody so we got Courtney Keating yes she shared it twice right so she's yeah, got two entries right got my boy you might know him as Sas- no well, not you but listeners <laughs> Uh, Sasquatch, uh, the ugly people. I had him on, uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He was the hip hop guy. Yeah. So we got him. That was a good episode, by the way. Yeah. I really people, enjoyed that. I like that. Yeah. They thought I we really were going to talk it. about like just hip hop music, right? No, the culture. Yeah. Um, and you had, there was a lot of good analysis about other things, other societal things too. So I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. One. That was cool. Uh, Marquita Mitchell, old friend of mine from back in the day. She's a chef. Um, Emily Olbrecht. Olbrecht, yeah. You know this person? Yeah, she's my okay. best friend from college. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know this person? I don't know. I don't know all these people. Emily, thank you. Uh, EJ Lee. Yes, that's Unju, the one that sent me the text about the okay. dim sum. Okay. <laughs> she nice. shortens it to EJ for the white people <laughs> <laughs> and black people and non Korean people. Non Korean. <laughs> All the others. All the others. Put up, don't. can't pronounce it. I had to work on it too. It took me a while. Yeah. I'd probably still get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one and only Joanna McAllister. <laughs> Joe. What, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Tina. one who connected. The oh, two of us. Yes, responsible for this whole thing. Yes, yes. Uh, Tina Zisk. Yes, Tina Zisk. Zisk, okay. She's my, she's my cousin. All right. <laughs> Jonah Hilario? Yes, Jonah, someone I know from Columbus. All right, all right. Uh, Tori Chu? Yes, another Columbus friend, my best friend from Columbus. All right, Jocelyn awesome Lynn. person. Jocelyn is an internet friend. Okay. <laughs> she and I have talked a ton, though. So, yeah, she's my sis. All right. And I believe that's it. So, uh, yeah, we got Courtney. Like I said, she's on there twice. Oh, hold on. My friend uh, D, D Allen, Dalen, what's up? You shared it. I don't want to leave you out. Um, <laughs> so we got I didn't the... know we were doing shout outs. Oh, yeah, we shout them out. I like, you know, give them a little airtime. Appreciate the love, everybody. <laughs> Three seconds of fame. Yeah, you know, appreciate that. Um, noticing a pattern here, it's all people we are familiar with. <laughs> right. We're super close to, i.e. related to. Because we like bother them. Like, hey, come on. <laughs> Share it. Share the podcast if you still want to be friends. That's right. 
asshole. Hey, no, gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank you for that. And like I said, the contest or contest, the drawing's still going on. Uh, yeah, so till the end of the month, right? Yeah, to the last day of the month, and I'll actually like tape the drawing and put it on the internets, and uh, the, the internety, <laughs> the internets, <laughs> and I'll I'll let people see, you know, who got pulled and whatever, whatever. Sounds so. good. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to give up that money I want to keep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see that money given away that I wish I could get for myself. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. So, what are we talking um, about? Well, um, so last week we talked, I think, mostly about stereotypes, right? And a little bit about microaggressions. Yeah, my, my we named wife. We it microaggressions. Yeah, my wife yelled at me about that. She was like, yo, so why'd you call it microaggressions if you didn't really go into like detail about microaggressions? Hey, I'm glad she mentioned it before. I didn't even have to. Yeah. I was like, he was tired. I think he just was really tired. I'll tell you, I'll like, be honest. I'll tell you what it was. It was that as well. But honestly, just putting myself on front street here. Uh, I, I like the name. Like the, I'm like, I think it would be, I thought it was something that would grab people's attention. Like microaggressions. Like, what's that? You're like, let's name it microaggressions, even though we only talked about that for three minutes and didn't define it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. No, that's exactly what happened. I was like, yo, I like the word microaggressions. Maybe that'll draw people in. a big word. Right? (laughs) Okay, well, on that note, how about today we define microaggressions? Go ahead, Leah. Tell us about it. Um... Okay, yeah. So microaggressions are basically um, words or actions that are racist, discriminatory, but basically they're a little bit more like subtle or less intentional, um, less obvious than other acts of discrimination or racism. So it's kind of, you know, it's not something that has a it's like a it's like a fine line, you know. Mm-hmm. There's no um I don't know what I'm trying to say right now. Um, um there's no hard line that that separates what we would consider a microaggression. microaggressions yeah. from I mean, I guess we don't really use the word macroaggressions, but that would be the opposite of that. But basically um yeah, so things like um you know, people asking me what are you? That's yeah, a it's, it's kind of the subtle stuff, right? You know, it's the, yeah, not in your of, face. Right. It's not hey, nigger. somebody a racial <laughs> slur. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And a lot of times people don't mean it to be, these are where you get, well, I didn't mean it that way. You know, like people didn't quote unquote mean to be racist, although people pretty much say that about anything. So, but um, yeah. I think you get that a lot with microaggressions. People just think maybe they're asking an innocent question and they don't realize that it's really not quite so innocent. Um, So yeah, that's, that's the um, definition. And I feel like these happen a lot to me Mm -hmm. more so. And I, and I feel like in the, in the day and age we're in, um, I I would say, you know, versus like the sixties or something, right? (laughs) Like there's a lot more microaggressions probably happening i mean we still get a ton of overt racism too today yeah let's let's be real but i would say 
you know, like as things have shifted where people kind of generally understand that the N-word is racist, it's not okay. So then I think you get a lot more of these, what what they call uh, microaggressions. Yeah. So, um, but. Go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead. No, you go. No, I'm going to fix the camera real quick. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so please talk, Leah. Um, I think something that's really important that I like to always emphasize with microaggressions, though, is that like some people have an issue with that word being used because it has the word micro in it, right, which means small, which can make people, I think, assume that the impact of these microaggressions is is small, but the impact of microaggressions is, I would say, not... I, I would say it's significant, yeah. Um, especially when these are microaggressions are something that a lot of people are dealing with every day, maybe yeah. even multiple times a day, you know, so it, it definitely <clears throat> adds up. <laughs> it's kind of like maybe someone like slapping you versus somebody like punching you, right? Like the slap's not going to be as detrimental maybe as the punch, but still – it hurts. It's going to add up, especially if you get slapped over and over. Um, so, yeah. So don't let the name fool you. <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting way to put it. I like how you said that, the slap versus the punch. Yeah. yeah I that, mean, that's that, just, that, that makes sense. Like off the top of my head. but yeah. um, And I think that it can be harder to call out, too. Right. Because if it's something that's more overt, it's a lot like someone calling someone the N word. Yeah. Right. That's a lot easier to be like, yeah, no, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. That's racist. And for for people to recognize that and other people to to support that. But I think a lot of times with microaggressions, people don't understand. And so then the person calling it out gets blamed for being, you know, overly sensitive or a snowflake or whatever, all the different you know, <laughs> yeah. things people throw at people of color yeah. to try to invalidate what they're saying. Right. So, yeah. So that's another piece to that. Do you have anything to add to that or? Um, so we, I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, we were talking about this the other or last week. Um, you were saying that we were, we could try to share, uh, you know, moments in our life where we were victims of, microaggressions or was it stereotypes yeah um, i mean i think either one i mean they're connected right right because most microaggressions have a stereotype behind it yeah. right that that people are coming from that place <laughs> of stereotyping someone when they um commit a microaggression so i mean they're, they're definitely very connected yeah um there's this really good article um out there that um this nba player just uh wrote uh, Kyle Corver, and uh, I believe it's called Privileged, and uh, he's a um, NBA player. I think he plays on the Utah Jazz. And um, I was I read the article, and I'll send it to you if you want. Um, it's nothing that you haven't heard before, um, Leah. It, it's uh, he basically is talking about um, why don't white people do more um, other than because most. You'll most people or white people who I guess become aware of white privilege. That's kind of and I'm where it stops. That's just at the kind of the ceiling. It's like yeah, it's a thing, and I'm right, sorry. Right, and I've done my part, and I'm done. 
Right. And so Kyle Corver was talking about, um, and I guess I would consider them microaggressions where he had a teammate who, um, I think he got arrested by, uh, some cops and they, they broke his leg or something. And the, uh, the black guy. And it was like during, it was at the night of a back to back game, I think. And Kyle Corver, obviously a white guy. The first thing he said was, "Well, why were you out?" Mm, and he, yeah. and then he, wow, yeah, he's like, "Why were you out?" Rather than, "Hey, man, what happened to you?" Yeah, <laughs> and he said he realized that after the fact and was just completely ashamed of himself, um, and disgusted with himself about how he approached that situation. And he kind of talked about what, like I said, what I would consider. Little microaggressions, things that he would say and do that he didn't even realize he was saying and doing. And so he was talking about his white privilege. And he was like, I am actively trying to do something with the white privilege. Right. And he talked about like the NFL protests, for example. He was like, imagine if maybe he was, maybe it was somebody else. They were talking about how imagine if Tom Brady and we know Tom Brady would not do this. Because we see the MAGA hat in his locker, but like, imagine if Tom Brady or a really big white quarterback took a knee during that whole protest thing and supported like Colin Kaepernick. Right. Imagine the the impact impact that that would have. Right. Exactly. And I mean, this is the thing that I tell like white folks too. It's like, don't get caught up in the guilt. I mean, I think that's often a phase people have to move through. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's always avoidable. Right. But don't get stuck there. Like this isn't about guilt. This isn't about like I'm bad because I'm white. No, that's not what this is about. This is about exactly what you're saying, learning how to use that privilege to be an ally, basically to like un to, to call things out and to, to impact these things in a positive way, right? Like turn it around, (laughs) Yeah. turn, turn that around. Um, but it takes a lot of like inner work, I think. And then it takes courage, you know? And I think a lot of times, yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't even get to the inner work or if they get to the inner work, they then don't have the courage to kind of go public with that. Right. Because they're going to face what I call the white lash, Right. There's mm-hmm. going to be white folks that are going to try to silence them in the same way that white folks angrily try to silence people of color who speak out about these things. And right. I think a lot of people know that and they don't have the courage to do what's right, you know, mm-hmm. despite the consequences. Um, so, yeah, um, that reminds me of there, there's this lady that I really like. I, I don't even I don't know her in person at mm-hmm. all, but I follow her on Facebook and um, she just is like super real, super blunt. Her name's Mary Ann Canty Merrill, I guess. I don't know if I said her name right, but, mm-hmm. um, but she does some sort of like anti-racism work and she posted something yesterday that said um, them, Mary, why don't you like white people? Me, why don't you dismantle racism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's a really good, that's a really good comeback. Cause that's what people often, you know, I've gotten that before. Like you're, you're just racist. You just hate white people. I'm like, no, I don't hate white people. I hate racism. Like, yeah, so I just thought that was a really good, 
There's a huge difference, yeah. right? I, I hate whiteness as an ideology, right? Like as an as a ideology of oppression, like mm-hmm. how it's how whiteness is used. That doesn't mean I hate white people, mm-hmm. um, but I just thought that was like such a good response. Like, why don't you do your job, right? <laughs> like, yeah. anyways. Um, but yeah, the the microaggression. So I I actually did. Um, a, a short video. I mean, it was super short, like three or four minutes mm-hmm. um, for a friend recently that I'm trying to think how much information to give here. I don't want to give anything away, but I have a friend who works at a private religious school mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are having a lot. And so in the school is primarily white. They're having a lot of issues with, um, what they're calling microaggressions towards students of color. Although I would say some of them are not microaggressions. I would put some of them in the just aggression or whatever other category we're going to go to. That's, that's not micro, but anyways, they're calling them microaggressions. And so they did this like a student body, you know, meeting type of thing about um, microaggression. So I did this little video and, but some of the stuff that, um, they were hitting up against at the school. This one just made me, oh, this one made me so angry. It just made me like gasp. But um, there, so there are very, very, very few children of color in this school. And then of those, <clears throat> of those children of color, um, I don't know, maybe up to half of them, maybe not quite that many, but quite a few of them are transracially adopted by white families, Mm -hmm. right? Which brings a whole nother dynamic into it. And so anyway, so one of those um, black transracially adopted kids, um, a white kid said to him, uh, the only reason your parents adopted you. So this was in February. The only reason your parents adopted you is because it was black history month and you were on sale. That'll get you knocked the fuck out. <laughs> well, I mean, well, and that's actually a discussion that happened. Well, I mean, it Whoa. was in a different context, right? But this is this private religious school that is primarily, I mean, like overwhelmingly white. That's nuts. Yeah. So, I, like, these are the, like, I wouldn't even call that a microaggression. No, that's not a microaggression. <laughs> that's a macro. Like, and it's layered, right? It's not just about race. That's about adoption. It's like you got two two major, major things in one comment. And, but, but yeah, you talking about that'll get you knocked out. That There was this discussion about how this public school, you know, like a couple miles away, that is um, overwhelmingly black, you know, like the demographics are opposite. Like, I know how they'd handle it. If you said something like that at that school, you could just get beat up or whatever. And we'd be done. We wouldn't be held in this like little student. There was no conversation. (laughs) People would take care of that on their own. Yeah. I'm not promoting violence by the way, but I'm like, (laughs) I'm just saying uh, sometimes some people just need to get knocked the fuck out. I'm just think that's why part of the reason right that 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 these things are flourishing there is because of the numeric you know the demographics at the school it's like the kids are able to get uh kind of get away with these things and and i think a lot of the kids of color you know are maybe afraid to to um 
hit back at that hard, you know, like come come against that. Or they're like I mentioned, you know, they're transracial adoptees and they're not being equipped. You know, maybe this is also what they're hearing in their homes or in every other space in their life. Yeah. You know, and so they're not being equipped to like, um, know how to deal with these things properly or they've been desensitized right to, to these kind of comments. I don't mean desensitized in that it doesn't impact them, but they've been like taught to, Oh, just like give the benefits of the doubt or, Oh, they're just ignorant. Just brush it off instead of being like, no, this isn't okay. Um, so anyways, yeah. So that was another recent, not a personal thing with microaggressions, but, um, you know, something I was involved with recently. And my friend said the, the meeting they had went really well. They did like a panel and had the different students of color talk about the microaggressions they'd experienced at this school and how it had impacted them. And she was saying, you know, some of the students got teared up as they were talking about these things. And, you know, and I think that speaks to like what I said earlier, the impact of these things is not, it's not small. Like these things have a huge impact on people. And so anyways, I don't know, you know, we'll have to see. They just did that meeting like probably a month ago or less. So, you know, we'll have to see if things change, how things change. Um, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Another example. It's, um, to me, it's, it's always interesting and I don't know why, but it just is where you see like, um, a white person, become woke if you will um maybe woke's too strong of a word uh or like woke-ish they're they're starting to yeah they're starting to wake up (laughs) yeah you kind of watch that evolution i mean i'm sure you've kind of seen it where it's the outrage and oh my god and then a lot of the time it's like overcompensating yeah for everything and it's like over the top and we're like you know okay 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 like, <laughs> chill out, chill out. Yeah, you know, um, it it is bad, but you can't, you know, you can't solve this problem in twenty four hours. This is a marathon. Um, shout out to Nipsey Hussle. Um, <laughs> well, and I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think people, yeah, I mean, I think everybody, you go through a process just like anything else in life, and yeah. I think a lot of those stages. I think there's actually people that study this stuff. I'm not super familiar but there's like just like people of color have stages to our racial identity development mm-hmm. right and our knowledge white folks are also have a racial identity development process yeah right that's not they have a racial identity too and i think that's often what what gets obscured in the way we talk about race in this country, right? It's like we have people of color and then we have white people as if white people don't have a color mm-hmm. and don't have a racial identity, you know? And so um, all, all this different terminology that kind of makes it seem like a white, you know, we've talked about this a ton before. This isn't, this isn't, I don't think like mind blowing to anyone, right? But white is always seen as just the norm. And then everybody else is quote unquote ethnic or, or other, Right. But it's like, no, white people, you you have a color and a culture and a racial and ethnic identity, too. And so I think when white folks are going through that process, yeah, they go through these stages. And I think it's it's, um, 
you just have to let people go through their stage, their stages, you know, like you just have to, people just have to progress through that until they get to a more, um, I don't want to say stable place, mature but place. like, yeah, until it matures and it kind of calms down. And I mean, I can even look at, <laughs> I mean, I went through stages. I don't know what to label them, but I'm sure other people saw it happening. I know they did. And a lot of people didn't like it or it was overwhelming or, oh my God, Leah, stop posting on Facebook. You're blowing up Facebook. I still do that. <laughs> but, you know, but I can see how I've like matured a little bit too, or like calmed down a little bit or, but I think when your eyes are being open to all of this new information and all these light bulbs and all these revelations, you know, you're just trying to process so much. And I think um, for me, it all happened so quickly because I was in grad school and because I was in grad school from 2014 to 2016, which is at the height of, you know, right when um, the Ferguson, you know, uprising started. So it was in the middle of all that. So our whole country was in an uproar. Yeah. Right. And so I think it was, it wasn't like I was just slowly learning things and had time to process that it was like, boom, 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 you know, like overwhelming amounts of information, both in the classroom and outside of the classroom. And so, you know, I think you just kind of have to let, let it play out for people, just like give them space to work, you know, work through it, right. like work through what they're, what they're dealing with. I got a question for um, you. Yeah. Um, you just to go back a little bit, um, you're talking about white people have an identity and they have a, a, a culture. Yeah. Um, what is white culture? I knew that's what you were going <laughs> to <laughs> Damn it, Matt. <laughs> because I've heard a lot of different theories. I cut you off. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've heard a lot go of different ahead. theories about this. And the consistent one I'm hearing because I've asked myself this a lot because it's hard to identify. And I think that is, at least it has been with the people I talk to. I think it's hard to identify because I think when you say the word culture, uh, you associate with something positive. Right. Something and positive, something innocent. <laughs> something fun, enjoyable. And I'm not saying this is the answer, but... I heard someone say it's colonization. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not pretty. So, yeah. Go ahead. That's that's kind of really it. Like, because you can't really identify white culture. Like, what is it? Right. Okay. So, there's several parts to answering this question. And I haven't really talked about this. This is going to be something I'm like trying to put my words together as we're talking. Yeah, we don't have to go down like, too far down this rabbit no, no, no. hole. We can, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I'm just giving you a heads up because I haven't really talked this out with too many people. I just keep hearing this come up in conversations and people don't know what it is. Right. So, okay. So when you say white culture, are you talking about like whiteness globally or – um? This is the best way I can describe it because I'll just use other, you know, other other races of people like black people. Uh, I don't really say I don't want to say that you can just put the culture in a box and say this is the culture. But you know it when right. you see it, you know, the, the soul food, the cooking. 
You're talking about the, a black American culture. Black American culture or with Asian okay. people. I'm sure it breaks down to different categories with things that 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 they do in, in their traditions and Sure. You know, um, Indi- Indians, well, you, you see these things, these these things that they do to celebrate each other and celebrate life. Right. And, and right, each right, other's right. family and, and all that, you know. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. <clears throat> Let me see if I can break this down without getting too wordy. So here's the thing, right? If you're talking about, so there are white, quote unquote, white cultures, mm-hmm. right? German culture, Italian culture. Irish culture, Scottish culture, Mm -hmm. right? Like all, if you're talking about a specific country that is primarily white people, Mm -hmm. right? Like all of those countries have culture. When we say culture, right? It's like a language, a style of dress, um, holidays, right? Like all all the the different things that. So are they asking what's. America, what's white American culture? Is that what they're asking? Okay. Hang on, I'm getting, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, so, so those are quote unquote some cultures that are white. But what, what we really need to say if we're going to talk about those is like German culture, Italian culture, right? Because those are all, they're not all the same. Right. Just in the same way you would talk about, you would talk about the cultures within Kenya or the cultures within South Africa, right? You can't just say. Globally, if you're talking about culture, you can't just say like black culture and that's like some monolithic thing, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, but in the American context, I do think anytime, you know, like earlier we mentioned black American culture, right? So like over the centuries, there, there is a certain culture, right, that has developed in the U.S. with black folks. Right. A certain all all the things we just mentioned. Yeah. Right. That you said you can see it. You you know it when you see it. Right. A certain language. Right. Or Mm -hmm. styles of dress or not that everyone falls into these particular. There's still a lot of diversity within that, but some general some food, you know, some some general, you know, cultural cultural things. Okay. So but when we talk about whiteness. And this is what people are getting at when they're saying whiteness is colonization or or when we talk about whiteness as an ideology, right? Like why was the term white, quote unquote, created, right? Somebody created that. That was not a thing, you know, hundreds of years ago, people were German, people were Italian, people were their specific um you know, nationality, that was, that was how people referred to them. So at some point along the line, um, folks created this category of white Mm -hmm. and the, the, the purpose of creating that was for power, you know, to, to oppress others, to either gain power or hold on to power um, and that's what quote unquote whiteness did, right? right? Like it colonized, it created the other that was inferior. It created apartheid. It created segregation. It enslaved black folks and indigenous folks um, all over the world, right? It, I don't know if you saw this article that I posted recently. It, you know, um, 
whiteness said, you know, white people can't, can't marry people of color. And then, so the article I was talking about, right. Like kidnapped their mixed race children, like took them away from their mothers to hide the evidence that these like interracial couplings were happening. Right. So like whiteness did whiteness did create a Jim Crow, like whiteness did all of these things. Like that's how people used. That was the purpose of this whole category of white. And it goes back. If people want to know where it goes back to, I mean, I think it's hard to know, like, exactly maybe where these ideologies started but something that comes to mind for me is um man i wish i could remember the name of this person but it was these like quote unquote you know like scientists in europe who came up with this um like five race construct it was like the caucasoid and the negroid and the uh I don't remember if it was like Asiatic or they had these like five different terms, Mm -hmm. man, I wish I'd known we were going to talk about this. I would have like refreshed myself on this. Um, And, you know, supposedly it was based on these scientific things, right? Like, Oh, their brains are different. And these are, this is how we can tell. I think it was like the structure of the skull or something. Yeah. This is how we can tell who belongs to these, um, certain groups. And so that's where the word Caucasian came from, mm-hmm. right? Caucasoid Caucasian. So that I think was the, the originating point of a, a lot of these racial terms that are still um, used today. Mm-hmm. But anyways, my, my point is these things were created, right? And not based on like actual science, what based on things that were later proved to be pseudoscience, but these ideologies of whiteness and white people are smarter and white people are um, just superior, genetically superior or whatever, you know, these ideologies were used to, to wreak havoc across the world. And so when people say, yeah, whiteness is evil, whiteness is um, oppressive, inherently like that's what it was created to do and that's what it still does today but when people say that you know it's it's like they're talking about whiteness as the the set of beliefs mm-hmm. not necessarily all white people not the people i mean it is the people that perpetuated it so right. we can't separate that and it is white folks that still perpetuate it today if they mm-hmm. haven't done their work. So we can't separate the people from the ideology, but, but you, but it's, it's like analyzing the the set of beliefs and tracing that. And so when people say, you know what, yeah, what is white culture? I think people that are aware of the stuff I just talked about, <laughs> that's where their brain is going. Mm-hmm. But then I think there is also something just like we talked about. There is this black American culture that has developed, even though black Americans are originally from these very specific ethnic groups across the continent of Africa. Mm -hmm. Right. But over the years, right. Colonization and and slavery did everything it could to erase all of that. So there's this, you know, black American culture that arose out of those out of that. And I think there is also this white American culture, right. That has kind of 
I, I mean, I think that is a thing, even though there's, there's, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to define, right? <laughs> like, what exactly is that? Because it's really a bunch of settlers and colonizers and immigrants <laughs> over the years that has now developed into this kind of white American <clears throat> culture. But I would say even that, I'm probably going to get in trouble here if I haven't already, even white American culture is pretty, you know, evil and corrupt, right? Like what was the whole point? Like the, the first white. Are you referring that, to like capitalism or? Well, capitalism. And I mean, what did, what did, I mean, the white folks that first, you know, quote unquote migrated to this country, they were colonizers. They colonized, right? They were like, settler colonists and people it's like we 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 the narrative is that they were like pioneers and they were you know like migrants but they weren't just migrants like coming here to live peacefully right mm -hmm. they killed like there was genocide of indigenous folks they took over they inst they enslaved black folks and indigenous folks they instituted u.s apartheid right? Like segregation, Jim Crow, all those things. And so, I mean, that's, that's a huge, I would say the main part of white American history. Um, you can't separate, I mean, any part of white American history or quote unquote culture that you look at, that is going to be a huge part. The oppression part is going to be one of the main narratives of, of, within the story it can't i mean that's like factual yeah you know, these, these aren't yeah these aren't opinions this is all fact like you can trace all of this and so yeah this is like I, did, I didn't mean to take us down here down this road but <laughs> you know you're like leah stop talking <laughs> no no i'm saying i didn't mean like i know we get down our rabbit holes and no and but i think not, this is an important topic but like so. i said this question keeps coming up and uh, the responses I'm getting just aren't super positive. And I'm like, does, does culture have to be positive? And then we have the conversation we just had and you're like, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't see any other way. You know, so, it's like, it's like, name me. I mean, I challenge people to name me something big, something significant that white folks have done you know, like have achieved in this country that doesn't have massive oppression of people of color involved. Yeah. Like I'm sure maybe there's a few things, but it's like, you know, you people mention all of these great inventions or all of these great, you know, um, uh, like civilization, you know, like white folks built, you know, this country. I'm like, really? no, White folks didn't build it. They might have been the quote unquote managers. And by that, I mean the, the slave masters. Like most of this country was built on the backs of black folks and on the backs of, I mean, it's like even our, the White House, like pretty sure the White House was built by enslaved black people. No, it, no, it was. It's not. And I mean, like most of the, I mean, the same could be said of Europe. If you look at Europe and all of these countries that have all of these wonderful buildings and architecture and, you know, like 
most of that was either built on the backs of people of color or built with the money that was that was made <laughs> in the quote unquote new world, right? The money that was made pillaging the lands of people of color and and I mean it's just like I mean it just is is fact. And I mean if people want to argue with that or get all angry about that, I mean I guess do you do you. <laughs> so this, this be fragile. So this will be the next question because I've I've gotten this literally from my wife and some other white people who acknowledge what you just said and like okay yeah that's what it is. And this article I was reading maybe I don't know if I got that from you or someone else or maybe I sent it to you. It's I think it says something to the effect okay that's a fact that's the history where do we go from here? Can we change the culture? And so well, for for white people listening, um. Knowing all that, what do they do now? And I think, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think it goes back to what we said earlier. Mm-hmm. You go hardcore in the other direction. And that can change you the culture? go hardcore towards being the most badass, <laughs> vocal, anti-racist, pro-black, pro-indigenous, pro LGBTQ, pro people of color. Use that power. Use your power and privilege to change your circle, to change your workplace, to change your corner of the world. Or if you're in law or you're in government, you know, to change laws, to change, you know, whatever is your skill set or, you know, use everything in your power to change course, to change, you know, that, that, I mean, that's, that's my opinion. And you have enough people doing that. And yes, it changes culture. I mean, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I mean, see, but see what Trump and his cronies have done. Do you see all the laws they're changing and like everything they're doing to set us back? I mean, it's like every other day I see something changing a law about domestic violence, changing a law about rape, changing, I mean, changing all these laws. So it's like, he's going that direction. I mean, I guess I bring him up. Obviously he's the president. We don't most, the majority of us don't have that kind of power, but it's like on one hand, yes, it takes time to change the culture. But on another hand, if you have the right people in the right place and everybody's going full force towards that, there is a lot that can be done in a short period of time. You know, so I think it's both. I think it does take a lot of time, but people, you know, so I think if you get enough people, it's kind of like the way I envision it in my head, I guess it's kind of like the peer pressure thing. It's like the same way that over the course of how many ever years, the N word went from being generally accepted by white folks and by society Right. As just, I mean, my dad's even (laughs) dear old dad. My dad has even said before when I like called him out, I think this time he wasn't actually using the N word. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't put that past him, but he was saying like Negro people. And I was like, dad, we don't use that term anymore. And he's like, well, that's what they are. Aren't they? So, I mean, you know, we went from not that long ago in this country. That's what, black folks 
we're seen as Negroes or the other, you know, the N-word to now I would say, you know, the majority of people recognize that word as not okay to use, racist. Well, how did that happen? Right? Like it was a changing of the culture, small though that may be. And I know there's still a lot of people out there that use that word and don't think it's a problem, but still I would say generally. Um, so yeah, I think if enough white folks started calling these things out and taking a stand, um, it would, it would start to pressure those who didn't have that opinion. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. would start to be pressure on them to get their act together. Yeah. I want to say <laughs> something to that. Um, okay. So to, to kind I feel of like pick- I just preached a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah. I, I want to yeah. piggyback on a part of that. So to kind of throw back what I was saying earlier about imagine if like Tom Brady or an NFL quarterback would have took a knee, um, the impact it would have had. And I think they were talking about this on the Joe Budden podcast, another podcast I listened to. Uh, they were saying it cost him nothing to do that because he could, he'll get some white lash, but – he still gets Overall, to go, he still gets to go back to his privileged situation, right? Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, so I'm saying that to kind of point out. So, like, I have these conversations, um, and I apologize to my wife if I keep doing this and you don't like it, because <laughs> oh. <laughs> we have a lot of conversations about things, and I, I use a lot of that in this podcast. Um, so we have these conversations about what white people what do we do um and let me say this really quick before i say that (laughs) um black people we it's nice to have white help we're not going to turn down that help sure okay you're not holding your breath but we're not like we're doing what we're doing and we're we're going to be okay we i mean we've gotten to where we are from slavery and all that so we're we're going to be fine it's going to take some time um, yeah. and there's going to be a lot of casualties in the process. Um, so just saying we're not depending on white people to do anything. Well, you can't. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm saying we're going to be fine. Well, but, but, but you can't, I mean, but the truth of the matter is if, if black folks waited around on white people, you'd still be enslaved, right? To right. come around so, to do your thing. Yeah. So I'm saying what I'm saying for white people because they I've had these questions and they ask me, well, what do we do? Because you kind of like you said, they kind of stop at realizing it's bad, and yeah. it's almost like okay, I know, like we've been we've been shitty, okay, <laughs> I get it. So what now? And I have these conversations with um, a lot of white people who are like, there seems to be this idea that they have to be some kind of revolutionary, like. And I've even got this with like black people on certain topics. Like we all can't be Martin Luther King. We all can't be, you know, Malcolm X. Like we all can't do the same thing. And there's this, we all can't march. Like everybody can't do the same thing. If everybody's doing the same thing, then nothing's going to get done. So we need people. We need, um, or white people need to do different things in your community, in your house, in your family, 
exactly. your school, at your job, exactly. at the Using police the station. Using the particular skills that you have, right? right? Whatever your particular skills are, but following the lead of people of color. Like, people of color, I think that's super important. And, I mean, we can get into the <laughs> details of what should white people do. I mean, that could be a whole nother, you know, like, 10 series podcast. But I think, you know, follow, like, look around at what other people of color, what people, not other, well, yeah, but people of color are doing, right? And mm-hmm. and start to, I don't want to say experiment, but, yeah, you might have to try some different yeah, you gotta, things. Yeah, you got to have to experiment. Yeah. To figure out how your skills fit in to the, you know, making anti-racist progress in this country or in your circle or in your world or in your workplace or in your schools. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I just bring up, let me go back to the example of, you know, the woman that I was talking about that, that is a teacher at this school and that I made the microaggressions video for, right. She's a white woman and is on this journey of awareness Mm -hmm right? She, of, of waking up, right? And learning. And, and so this, she has been an advocate for the, the children of color in this school, you know, with the principal and with like a voice saying what these kids, cause they're kids coming to the principal telling him this, these are, these are things that these other kids are saying to me and I'm not okay with this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my friend as a teacher there has been like also going to the principal and the administration saying, these are issues. We need to take these seriously. Something needs to be done. And then out of all that, she helped organize this student panel and this, and then got my help to do the video. And, you know, so it's work. It's like grassroots, grassroots. Yeah. work like that, where you influence your circle. It means, I mean, sitting, well, you're sitting around the dinner table and somebody makes a joke or a comment that's racist or that's off color or that's, and you call them out in front of your family members, right? That's what this looks like. It, it, it looks like being courageous and being bold. Um, or somebody posts something on Facebook that's not okay. And you call that out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm it, just in your world, in your circles, you know, you see things that are, that are not okay. And you bring accountability to that situation. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think that's what it looks like. And then the, those circles spread and yeah, some people are in higher positions or positions with more power. And then those people will use their skills at those levels. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like the ripple effect. If everybody's yeah. doing their part in their little corner of the world, right. It shifts things. Yeah. And um, no, go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Let's finish your thought. Well, I think, but, but following, like, look around at what, like, white folks need to be, I don't even know how to put this, under the mentorship of people of color. I mean, looking around at, at, at the lead of people of color, right? Because when white folks try to do what they think they need to do, like, when it's, it's maybe not going to be the right thing, they need to be people of color are the ones that, you know, deal with this stuff day in, day out and, um, have an, an accurate perspective on these issues. We're not mm. blinded by white privilege. We're not blinded by, um, 
I mean, some people of color still are, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like following the lead of the people of color in their lives or, or anti-racist leaders, activists, right. And seeing what they're doing and getting on board, supporting, Mm -hmm. joining. Right. And then, you know, I think when people get to a certain place where they have a little more knowledge, um, yeah, maybe there, you know, there can be some initiatives taken on their own, but Mm -hmm. I think initially, I mean, I think all along it needs to be carefully, you know, white folks need to make sure that they're, um, always running these things by people of color. And does does that make sense? I feel like I'm not articulating what I'm saying very well, but just making sure that people of color are involved kind of at, at the lead. Yeah. And that they're being consulted to make sure that whatever white folks think they're doing because a lot of times you know people have good intentions right mm-hmm. but but good intentions does not equal I a good effect or I a good outcome i can't organize a women's movement without women right you know exactly i, I would look like an idiot that would be a problem <laughs> right if you didn't have women along every step of the way that a, were either a bunch of dudes it. organizing a women's movement like yo uh, right no there's gonna be some problems there because y'all aren't women yeah that's right. exactly what i'm getting at um, um so yeah i hear that um not just with white people with black people um as far as what can we do to better our situation and it's just funny to me that a lot of people I've talked to seem to kind of think that has to be this giant heroic gesture. Right. And I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's grassroots. It's, it's everyday stuff. And then I also like to say, you know, you think about an engine, all the parts it takes to make that engine work, you know, in the vehicle, you know, everybody can't be the ignition. Everybody can't be the bolt. Everybody can't be, you have to, you literally have to have, people at so many different levels doing a number of things exactly for this to be effective over time exactly and yeah. so i just want to put that out there um that it's like you said it's grassroots like exactly what you're saying you know it's 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 little things and um that add up I, I yeah and i also hear people say um white people even say things like um um i'm not they don't feel comfortable with certain things and that, that they feel they should do like it's awkward and all that. And we've talked about that where we're kind of like, you know, get over like yourself. what kind of, what kind of um, things like, can, bringing um, like, like calling members. somebody out at work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're like, but I might lose my job if I do this or that. And I'm like, you know, there's, you got to really think about this. And in, in my opinion, and like, if I, called out every white person for every time they said something stupid to me or racist, I would, I couldn't get anything done. Yeah. So you pick your battles, if you will. Um, just be smart about it, in my opinion, and strategic, you know? Well, right. But I think that there's a difference. I just want to point out there's a difference between a person of color calling out racism and a white person calling out racism, mm-hmm. right? White folks have a lot of, in most situations have a lot of privilege. Oh yeah. A lot of leeway. That's going to keep them from losing their job or this or that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying every situation, but they've got a lot going for them. That's that will help protect them. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, coming back to the, like the Tom Brady thing, you're like, yeah, you'll get a little white lash, but you're going to be fine. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think, 
Yeah. I think a lot of things, I mean, I realize it's intimidating. I realize it's scary. I realize white folks are afraid to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or not get it just perfectly right. Or, you know, and there's going to be mistakes made along the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how do you learn to be really good at anything? Are are you going to be perfect at it? No, Mm -hmm. that's just part of the process. So, yeah, you need to like come to terms and accept the fact that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to get called out. But that's how you learn. Mm -hmm. And I think I mean, I guess I just feel like a lot of times I just don't think white folks are committed enough. Mm-hmm. I think that's the real issue. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I hear all the same, well, I don't know what to do. And, I, and I'm just not, you know, I'm not that type of person or I don't know. I just feel like there are always so many excuses. Mm-hmm. And I feel like reality is we get something done. If we prioritize something I, and I'm not just talking about race, right. I'm just talking about in life in general, we're going to do what our priority is. Mm-hmm. Right. So if like we have a priority, most of us to keep our jobs. So we're going to do what we need to do, no matter what it costs us, no matter how we feel to get to our job when we're supposed to be there and do a decent enough job to not get fired because mm-hmm. that's a priority to pay our bills. Right. Or it's a priority to feed our bodies. So we're going to make time and spend the money and go through the effort to cook or to go get food because that's a priority. And I realize that's a necessity, but still it's like, we have these priorities in our lives. And if we really highly prioritize something, we're going to, we're going to do it. Mm. We're going to figure out a way to get it done, no matter what it costs, no matter how it makes us feel. And I think for a lot of white folks, like they just don't prioritize anti-racism enough to get it done my problem no matter what the cost is you know or no matter what it costs me i think um most of them don't want to pay the price and when i say the price i'm talking about even making a few white folks in their lives mad even that price i don't think the majority of white folks are willing to pay even that price yeah um and that's why and I'm sorry if I'm like being a downer here, but like, I feel like that's why, you know, earlier when you were saying we're not sitting around like holding our breath, we can't like, if we, if we waited, it's like you talked about a woman's movement. If like women sat around and waited on men to like <laughs> help improve our situation, yeah, we'd still be in the times when we can't, you know, own land or go to school or vote or, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, so, but there are white folks that, I mean, I I think there have always been a handful, Mm -hmm. a small minority of white folks through history that, you know, like that joined like the freedom riders, Mm -hmm. you know, the buses that were going down to, um, the South during what was that? I'm going to get this off. Is that during reconstruction? Well, I couldn't give you the time frame. Um, but anyways, that were go- Google the Freedom Riders. That like it was like, black folks that were taking buses going down south to try to help the situation of black folks in the south. And they knew that I mean these buses were being bombed. They were people were getting dragged out of these buses and getting beat up. And there were white folks that were joining them, knowing that they were like putting their lives on the line. And a lot of them, um, a lot of them died. I've heard stories. A lot of them died. I've heard stories about that. Yeah. 
or there's, you know, a handful of white folks that, you know, were allied with in the civil um, civil rights movement with with black folks. And so, I mean, I think there's always been that hand, yeah, that hand small mm-hmm. percentage <laughs> that's factual too. not trying to be mean, but it's a very small percentage, small minority of white folks that have been willing to stand up for what's right, not for any applause or in the social justice world, they call it people wanting cookies. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I think people, white folks like do stuff and they want a cookie for it. Like they want acknowledgement. It's like, no, you can't do it for that. You you need to do it because you feel internally convinced that this is what is morally right. Mm-hmm. This is morally upright. This is morally just. And that that's, you feel strongly enough about that, that you're willing to, yeah, take some hits or put your life on the line or, or whatever it is. And I think here's the thing, you know, this is not fluffy work. You know what I'm saying? Like, like going back to what we talked about earlier, what is whiteness? Whiteness is evil. Whiteness is deadly. Whiteness is destructive. And so if you stand up white, black, Asian, Middle Eastern, whoever you are, if you stand up against the power of whiteness and start asserting yourself and start using your voice to come against that. It's, I mean, there's some danger involved, you know, there is some danger involved to that because you're, you're standing up to the powers that be you're standing up to societal norms. And so, you know, I, I can imagine that there are some white folks that are like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be anti-racist. And then they start, you know, tiptoeing into that arena and they get smacked, right? Either by other white folks or they make mistakes and people of color are calling them out or, you know, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's not easy. <laughs> it's hard. Um, and I think for a lot of white folks, it's way more complicated. I mean, I think like anything in life, Right. The less you know about something, the more simplistic you think it is. And then the more you start to learn about it, you start to realize, oh, my God, like this is complex. Mm -hmm. There's a lot here. Right. This is way more complicated than I realized. And so I think um, it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of determination to stay that course and to just keep saying, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to keep learning. And I'm going to keep pushing forward because I feel like this is, this is what is right. Um, So sorry, preached another sermon there. No, but I I think, (laughs) I think, yeah, as, as we wrap up here on this microaggressions. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can get an extra long title. Microaggressions slash white culture slash (laughs) what are white people supposed to do? (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, I, I, I think it's really nice how you articulated, um, in, in, in summary here, (laughs) um, how you articulated and I'm not, help me here. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, the difference between white ideology versus, you know, white people. You don't hate white people. You hate racism. You don't hate white people. You hate uh, the white ideology. Like you said, that was created to oppress people. 
Right. I love that. I mean, we don't have to go back all into it, but I'm saying I like how you spoke about that. It took some time uh, because, like I said, we went down a kind of a rabbit hole here, but it's a good rabbit hole. And I like that you took your time and you went into the the specifics of that and what that means. Because it's so easy for someone to go, you hate white people. You're a racist yeah. I'm like, no, I no, no. That is that. not what, listen to what we're saying here. I get accused of that all the time. Yeah. <gasps> and it's, that's lazy. That is lazy. And if you're doing yeah. that, stop. That's lazy. Yeah. Listen to yeah. what we're saying here. You cannot deny that was created to oppress people. Of color. Right. So that's 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 a fact. And yes, people of color feel anger, frustration towards mm-hmm. white folks, even hatred, maybe sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right? Because white folks are the main ones perpetuating why would any, why would why would we I mean right? now there are black people and people of color who do that shit and I don't know I don't know what is going on there. Um but yeah, I mean why would we you know, why would we push that? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know. So, yeah. I think it's good. We got into, yeah, we got quote unquote off track, but I think we got on a good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll. I'll Some I'll, important stuff. So. I'll title the episode appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I didn't say anything this time. <laughs> I'll make well, sure I do that. <laughs> Um, All right. That's yeah, but that's super relevant. Glad we talked about it. Glad we went into that because that's been a constant conversation with people here lately for some reason. It's just yeah. been what's been going around. Well, and I'm glad people are asking that question. That's a great. That's actually that's progress, step. though, right? It is progress. It is. It's. It is absolutely progress. So if you're asking that question, here's a cookie for you. I want to say, <laughs> oh. we're glad you're asking that question, and hopefully you got some stuff to chew on in this episode yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah okay um the more people on board the better absolutely (laughs) um wow okay um so i think we're done (laughs) (laughs) i think i think that's a wrap (laughs) i think that's a wrap we're we're just a little over an hour here and uh we really kind of gotten into that so i mean i think maybe we'll come back to um the microaggressions. I don't think we finished that um, to all the listeners. So sorry if, if you were wanting more on that. Well, I think we'll come back to that because I think there's a little bit more there to unpack. Uh, what do you think, Leah? Um, yeah, because I, I, I got a lot of examples I, mean, I had written down where oh, you know, gotcha, of gotcha. that in my life and okay. stuff that we've you know dealt with as adults. Okay. Um, yeah, we can definitely come back to that then. Okay. Another, yet another episode where we very briefly touch on microaggressions and then delve into something else. Something else completely. <laughs> it's okay. How we yeah. roll. <laughs> All right. Well, great to talk to you. We'll chat again soon. All right. Talk to you in a little bit. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. All right uh, episode 28. Uh, I think we're probably going to go with uh, let's talk about white culture uh, for this episode. And hopefully that made some sense, uh, to, to all the listeners out there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up again with another playlist shuffle. So let me go ahead and get to what my playlist. Uh, okay, here we go. All right. Oh my God. (laughs) Hold on.
I didn't have the volume turned up. This is appropriate. So let me go ahead and start that over again. The views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artists, and by no means do we encourage or condone violence against law officials. See y'all next week. Oh, it's for you. It's for you. For my street niggas, feel it. On the count of three, say fuck the police. One, two, three, fuck the police. Yeah, fuck them. Applaud any nigga. Damn right, I'm. We could lose a few of them. We got enough of them. My niggas on the corner, they be dodging and ducking them. Bitches getting pulled over, end up fucking them. For real. And see, now we got these fake cops. They thought he had a gun. Made a mistake, cops. I hate cops. Turn on the TV. Is this another cop busted from illegal business? They out of control. They out of their minds. They pulling you over. They hopping inside. Just know you got drugs and know you got guns. And they know when they mad when they can't find none. Stupid. Don't you know they give in at the stash box? Did he be in and need a key to get in it? And he offended people suck my balls All y'all off the wall get stupid, dawg Don't hold back, don't let go Don't say damn, just say whoa The whole Jeep, nigga. Hell with the flows and then with the beats. Hell in the rover, it's over homes, the whole these. The reason we hold things is no peace in the streets with the police in the streets. Yo, it's cops the old niggas, though, for O's and keys. It's more than the beef with the 5 0 in the streets with the 5 0, which the game of survival do. Now tell me, who protects me from you? I got people who buy text and weed from you. And all the niggas see in the news is cop corruption. Niggas getting popped for nothing. And niggas getting stopped and the cops pull out blocks and bust Y'all need to get shot for nothing. Cause we don't hold back. We let go. We don't say damn. We just say whoa.